We're going to see a DVD now, and it's linked to the question, and that's what we're pursuing throughout this service. What is the Passover? You got that? That's what we're thinking about, young and old. What is it? Uh, so we can have the, the DVD now, and the lights can go out, please. Special Pesach meal, the Seder. There are special things to be prepared. So it's lovely to see everyone here to celebrate the Seder again. And to start us off on the story of the Seder, as we do every year, Adam, do you want to see the Manish Shana, please? Alright. Long, long ago, the Jewish people lived in the land of Egypt. The ruler of Egypt was a man called Pharaoh. Pharaoh was afraid that the Jewish people were becoming too powerful and that they would turn against him. So he took their freedom away and made them slaves. We dip parsley into salt water because the Jewish people cried when they were slaves and their tears were salty. Pharaoh forced our people to work in the hot sun. They pulled large, heavy stones and made bricks from clay. This mixture reminds us of the mortar which the Jewish slaves mixed up to draw bricks. Horosit is made from ground almonds, apples and wine. The Jewish slaves built great towns and cities for Pharaoh. The work was hard and dangerous, and the slaves were not allowed to rest. It was a very bitter time for the Jewish people. We do remember the bitterness of slavery by eating bitter herbs like horseradish. God told Moses, the leader of the Jewish people, to go to Pharaoh and say, Let my people go free. Pharaoh's heart was as cold as ice. He answered, No. Moses warned Pharaoh that unless he let them go, terrible things would happen to the Egyptians. And they did. The river Nile turned to blood. <coughs> Frogs covered the land. The air was filled with flies. Wild beasts roamed the land. Animals died. The Egyptians got diseases. Huge hailstones fell, destroying the crops. When the crops grew again, locusts ate them. The sun stopped shining. It was night all the time. Again, Moses pleaded with Pharaoh, but Pharaoh wouldn't listen. Then came the last and most terrible plague of all. Egyptian children began to die, even Pharaoh's own son. But the Jewish people were unharmed. That is how this festival of 
Pesach, or Passover, got its name. Danger passed over the houses of the Jewish people. Finally, Pharaoh gave in and he let the Jewish people go. In a rush, they left their morning work. They packed a few belongings and left as fast as they could. The slaves didn't have time to let their bread rise. They carried it on their backs and the sun baked it into a crisp wafer. We eat matzah to remind us of the slaves' unleavened bread. Finally, after 200 years of slavery, the Jewish people were free. Led by Moses, they began the long journey back to their homeland. Well, that explains something of the background to the Passover. This is the Passover. Jesus celebrated the Passover, but he changed it. And we're going to think about that in a moment. So, the Passover, some people call the Eucharist, or the Mass, or the breaking of bread, or Holy Communion, or the Lord's Supper. For a wide variety of people, symbols have much deeper meanings. And the meanings cause people to ask questions. And asking questions is good. So listen to this. Exodus chapter 12, verses 26 and 27. And when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Then the people bowed down and worshipped. Exodus chapter 13, verse 8. On that day, tell your son, I do this because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. Exodus chapter 13, verse 14. In days to come, when your son asks you, what does this mean? Say to him, with a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Thank you. Got a job for you. This doesn't script it. Um, I want another volunteer. So, Mark, thank you for volunteering. And <laughs> Philip, please. And uh, who's at the end? Andrew, can you come down quickly? Thank you. Okay, can you come forward? Because what I want to do now is to give you something. Um, now, don't do anything yet. Um, right. Uh, Hannah and I made this last night. And um, this... Here is called Karosheth. But for the purpose of what we're doing, it is apple with almond. So if you have any pre-dietary requirements, <laughs> just pass it by. But trust me, it is kosher. <laughs> and all the standards of hygiene have been observed. And to prove that, with unleavened bread, you can take all, or a, and just all you need to do is to dip like that, okay? And it's delicious. So would you do that? You do that side. Uh, do the middle, and you go back up to where you are, Andrew. The Passover is to be eaten in haste. 
Take it in haste and eat. Okay. Uh, I think now we're going to move on to the, the PowerPoint so that at least you can see. Uh, but before it comes, could uh, yeah. somebody tell me, what is this? A knuckle? A lamb board? What sort? It pongs, I can tell you. I, it's been in... I know, I know it does. That's all right. Sorry? It, it. <laughs> Would you... What, what do you think that is? Smell that. It's not very nice, is it? Do you want to have it? Okay, I'll put it out here. At least you've seen it. It's the shank of a lamb. And Jesus would have observed the Passover by celebrating the, 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 the lamb that would have been slain and they would have eaten that. And it's very interesting, at a certain point in the Passover, Jesus takes the bread, unleavened bread, and he takes the wine. This is cranberry juice here, by the way. But this is real wine, which they would have had. And then says, that's what happened then. This is what's happening now. I am the Passover lamb. So that when death comes, if you trust me, death will pass over you. It's a very powerful uh, symbol. So we've seen the shank bone of a lamb that represents the sacrifice of the original Passover. And do you remember, okay, if you were listening, this is um, horseradish. That is really very nice. Do you, do you like to have a smell of this? No? Yeah, okay. No, no, don't put your finger in, just... Yes. Do you, yeah? It's not, so, but it's, it's pungent, and it's a little bit sharp, what we call bitter, so they would have had that. And... Um, Here's the other thing, parsley. You, you do know that uh, I grow parsley. I didn't grow this, I have to confess. Pa growing parsley is a sign of a henpecked man, in case you didn't know. So, with, it's not, it doesn't apply to me, of course. Uh, so, what we have here is parsley, right? Symbolizing bitter herbs and the horse radish. And um, salt water. What was the significance of salt water? Do you Tears. Thank you. Tears. There you are. So, so what you would do, you'd have the salt in there, and they would eat this. And it would remind them of their struggle and their suffering under the Egyptians. Okay? The mixture that's coming round, what is it? I know it's apple and almond, but what does it symbolize? Mortar. Yes, the heart. Mixing cement. I, it won't taste like cement, I can assure you. But it's meant to be sweet in contrast to their bitter experience. So it would normally have been uh, a mixture of dates, nuts, almonds, apples, symbolizing the mud from which the Israelite slaves were forced to make out of clay. Uh, an egg. Any thoughts? No, not Easter. It is a real egg. It is a, it, well, it would come from a chicken for sure. Right. Any new life? New life, it would. But for the, the Jews, the egg symbolized two things at one time. 
The Jewish mind is often like that. It symbolized mourning, grieving, sorrowing, but it also symbolized life. So it had the idea of sacrifice, but it has the idea also of not giving up. Don't give up. It's highly uh, significant, that was. Now, I think, yes, and then, of course, you've got the... There should really be four um, glasses of wine, uh, because they would um, uh, symbolize the questions, the four main questions. So as the family would take this and drink of that, they would remind themselves of these key questions that are asked annually in the way that God has preserved them. How are we doing? Anything left? <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Here's the five loaves and two fishes. Let's see. Good. Uh, the balcony, good appetites. Right. Okay, could you put them back here? That's great. Thank you. Okay, so there you are. These are the, the, the symbols that, that we have. Now, let me uh, open this up here, because when um, people that are linked to this church um, are not able to come out for worship, we do a home visit, and usually about four people we would have... Um, Home communion. And this is um, the, the communion. It's quite a neat little set, isn't it? And that means that in people's homes, we would uh, have um, communion. Just to remind ourselves of God's grace and goodness. I tell you what, I'll, I won't pass that round, but I'll have, have, a, have a look later. It's quite a neat little set. But there you are. So, we've come now to the, the whole issue of these... Um, all these symbols. But we don't do this. We don't do this. Let me read to you, then, in the light of what you have seen now and tasted, let me read this to you. It's called The Lord's Supper from Mark's Gospel. On the first day of the unleavened bread, that's what was passed around to you just now, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, so we've put the shank bone out there, okay? The disciples asked Jesus, where do you want us to go to make preparation to eat the Passover? And there's a lot of preparation to do, and it takes quite a lot of time. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, so the meal is almost over, all right? It's a very substantial meal. And in a sense, try to think of a meal that you would have. And maybe you don't eat everything on the table. There's some bread and there's some, uh, some wine left or some Coca-Cola or something like that. And what was just left over from this Passover meal, Jesus took them. So he took some bread which was left over. You've left that over. And... Uh, it's awkward to send this round, but maybe you wouldn't drink it all. And that would be left over. And Jesus did something that the disciples had never thought of or seen or considered before. He said something very profound. He said, this is my body which is broken for you. As often as you eat of this bread... You will proclaim my death because I am the Passover lamb. Now, the Jews were thinking about coming out of Egypt and all of these symbols. 
I'm not quite sure that they would have understood that. But after his death, certainly they did. They made the connection between his death on the cross as the Lamb of God, and that's what we were singing, who takes away the sin of the world. They made that connection with Jesus being the Lamb of God, that the angel of death would not impact us. And then, this, he took the, he took the bread and he gave thanks, he broke it. This is my body. Then he took the cup. This is a communal cup, but uh, we often have individual cups. He took the cup and he said, this is what Jesus said. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many. I wonder if the disciples really were able to make the connection. But one of the things that you will notice with Jesus and his disciples is this. He was always encouraging them to ask questions. Ask questions. And you remember the questions Elizabeth posed to us. Okay, let me put them to you. See if you can remember. What, why do we eat unleavened bread? Un any answers? Don't be afraid. Adults? If the, yeah? Yes, they didn't have time for the bread to rise. They ate in haste as they left Egypt. Okay. Why do we eat bitter herbs? Yes, life is hard. Life is hard. And it reminds them of suffering. And suffering isn't over. And some of us have had to eat the bread of bitterness and the tears of sorrow. Why do we dip our food in salt water? Yes. No. Uh, yes, okay, yes. It, the tears uh, are salty and it reminds us of um, that painful experience. And lastly, why do we eat in reclining positions? In, in other accounts of the Passover, as the disciples were reclining, you know, they're sort of Half horizontal, if you like, laying down like that. Yes, Michael. Is it to remind themselves of their freedom? Yes, it reminds themselves of their freedom. I'm glad you were listening, Michael. That's really good. Okay. Right, well, we're nearly finished. What I would like us to do now is to, is to have a, read a prayer together, which is going to come up before you. Uh, yes, there it is. Now, let's try to read, read this a little slow, because it's quite... Uh, uh, um, not a very long prayer but it will take time for us to get the timing right don't forget we're thinking about eating and drinking sharing giving and receiving and this wonderful invitation that Jesus gives to all who trust him come that was the one word that he used so much come, come so let's uh, read this prayer together let's begin Come, you who are thirsty, eat, drink, and be filled at no cost to yourselves. Come, you who hunger more life, come to the Lord, live and be satisfied. Come, you who are seeking for meaning, turn to the Lord, receive mercy, and be healed. Come, you who are, come and be carried to safety. 
Come, you who are fearful, you are precious and honored. The Lord has paid for your release. The Lord has set you free. Come, you who long for the past, release yesterday. The Lord has for you a new future. It is springing up right now. Come to the Lord, your Creator and your Savior calls you. Look for him while he is close to you. Call on him while he is near. Turn to him and find life. Now that's a great prayer. And it's very much part of coming and receiving and tasting and knowing that he is good.